Hey nerds, if you listened to the brief update that I gave on New Year's Eve, you know that my house flooded from a broken pipe, so my husband and I have been staying in a hotel until the construction is completed, which probably won't be for another week or more. But since so much has been happening with the Trump lawsuits and the various related petitions for cert and corresponding briefs filed with the court recently, I decided to try and record from my hotel room. While I have a good microphone with me, I of course don't have any soundproofing, so the quality won't be as good as usual. But you can just pretend that I'm reading this from the cavernous courtroom itself, and the echo you hear right now will sound completely normal to your ears. Today I'll be reading Donald Trump's petition for cert regarding the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to exclude him from the primary ballot that was recently granted by the court. I know that I still owe you a second half to the Nixon opinion, but I've had a lot of listeners requesting to hear these documents, so I've made an executive decision to go ahead and read them first. I'm just hoping that I'm back home in time to read the first opinion when it's issued, which hopefully will be soon. Otherwise, I'll be recording it here. So I say we embrace the echo. All right, enough chit-chat. Let's get to the opinion. Enjoy. In the Supreme Court of the United States, Donald J. Trump, Petitioner, v. Norma Anderson et al., Respondents. Petition for Writ of Certiorari. Question Presented. The Supreme Court of Colorado held that President Donald J. Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president because he engaged in insurrection against the Constitution of the United States, and that he did so after taking an oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution. The state Supreme Court ruled that the Colorado Secretary of State should not list President Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot or count any write-in votes cast for him. The state Supreme Court stayed its decision pending United States Supreme Court review. The question presented is, did the Colorado Supreme Court err in ordering President Trump excluded from the 2024 presidential primary ballot? It is a fundamental principle of our representative democracy embodied in the Constitution, that the people should choose whom they please to govern them. Petitioner President Donald J. Trump, President Trump, is the leading candidate for the Republican Party nomination for President of the United States. Over 74 million Americans voted for President Trump in the 2020 general election including more than 1.3 million voters in the state of Colorado. Yet on December 19, 2023, the Colorado Supreme Court ordered President Trump removed from the presidential primary ballot, a ruling that, if allowed to stand, will mark the first time in the history of the United States that the judiciary has prevented voters from casting ballots for the leading majority party presidential candidate. In our system of government, of the people, by the people, and for the people, Colorado's ruling is not, and cannot be, correct. 
This court should grant certiorari to consider this question of paramount importance, summarily reverse the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling, and return the right to vote for their candidate of choice to the voters. The question of eligibility to serve as President of the United States is properly reserved for Congress, not the state courts, to consider and decide. By considering the question of President Trump's eligibility and barring him from the ballot, the Colorado Supreme Court arrogated Congress's authority. In addition, even if the Colorado Supreme Court could consider challenges to President Trump's eligibility, which it cannot, it misapplied the law. First, the president is not an officer of the United States. He took a different oath than the one set forth in Section 3, and the presidency is not an office under the United States. Thus, President Trump falls outside the scope of Section 3. Second, the Colorado Supreme Court erred in how it described President Trump's role in the events of January 6, 2021. It was not insurrection and President Trump in no way engaged in insurrection. Third, the proceedings in the Colorado Supreme Court were premature and violated the Elector's Clause. Finally, there are many other grounds for reversal, as many scholars have pointed, including the three grounds for reversal presented in the petition for certiorari filed last week by the Colorado Republican State Central Committee. Jurisdiction The State Supreme Court entered judgment on December 19, 2023. President Trump timely filed this petition on January 3, 2024. This court has jurisdiction under 28 U.S.C. Section 1257. Constitutional and Statutory Provisions Involved Statement Over the last few months, more than 60 lawsuits or administrative challenges have been filed seeking to keep President Trump from appearing on the presidential primary or general election ballot. The common theory behind these lawsuits and challenges is that President Trump is somehow disqualified from holding office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment because of an allegation that he engaged in insurrection on January 6, 2021. Courts considering these claims, including state Supreme Courts in Michigan and Minnesota, have all rejected them for varying reasons contrary to the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling of December 19, 2023, which ordered the Colorado Secretary of State to exclude President Trump from the presidential primary ballot. The court stayed its ruling until January 4, 2024, and announced that the stay would automatically continue if President Trump sought review in this court before that date. The respondents in this case include six individuals eligible to vote in Colorado's Republican presidential primary, the Anderson litigants, 
who sued Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold in state district court, claiming that Section 3 establishes a constitutional limitation on who can run for president. The Anderson litigants sued under Sections 1-1-1131 and 1-4-12044 of the Colorado Revised Statutes. Section 1-1-1131 allows any eligible voter to sue any person charged with the duty under the Colorado Election Code, but only if that person has committed or is about to commit a breach or neglect of duty or other wrongful act. And Section 1-4-12044 specifically authorizes an eligible voter to challenge the listing of any candidate on the presidential primary election ballot under the procedures in Section 1-1-113. Although Section 1-4-12044 imposes additional rules for these types of lawsuits and demands that they be resolved with extraordinary speed. They must be filed with the district court within five days of the filing deadline, heard within five days of filing, and the district court must issue findings of fact and conclusions of law within 48 hours of the hearing. Nothing in Colorado's election code requires the Secretary of State to evaluate the qualifications of presidential primary candidates. Instead, the Colorado statutes require a presidential primary candidate to submit a notarized statement of intent. This statement of intent form, which appears on Secretary of State's website, requires presidential candidates to affirm that they meet the Constitution's age, residency, and natural-born citizenship requirements by checking the following boxes. Qualifications for office. You must check each box to affirm that you meet all qualifications for this office. Age of 35 years. Resident of the United States for at least 14 years. Natural born U.S. citizen. The statement of intent form also requires candidates to sign an affirmation that they meet all qualifications for the office prescribed by law. Applicant's Affirmation I intend to run for the office stated above and solemnly affirm that I meet all qualifications for the office prescribed by law. A signature line appears below this affirmation along with an unfilled notarial certificate. Colorado law imposes no duty on the Secretary of State to verify or second-guess the candidate's sworn representations or to exclude presidential candidates from the ballot if the Secretary disbelieves or disagrees with the candidate's sworn representations. The Anderson litigants nonetheless insist that Secretary Griswold has a mandatory duty to enforce Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, regardless of what state law might provide, and they derive this duty from the Secretary's oath to support the U.S. Constitution.
They also incorrectly claim that any decision to include President Trump on the presidential primary ballot would violate the Constitution and therefore qualify as a breach or neglect of duty or other wrongful act within the meaning of Section 1-1-1131. Therefore, they sued for relief under Section 1-1-1131, which authorizes a state district court to issue an order requiring substantial compliance with the provisions of the Colorado Election Code. 1. The District Court Proceedings The Anderson litigants filed their petition on September 6, 2023. The District Court did not, however, hold a hearing within five days of the filing, as required by Section 1-4-12044. Instead, the District Court held a status conference on September 18, 2023, after the statutory deadline for the hearing had passed, and it scheduled a five-day hearing to begin on October 30, 2023, 54 days after the petition's filing date. Then, the District Court denied the motions to dismiss filed by President Trump and the Colorado Republican State Central Committee, which had intervened in the case. The District Court denied President Trump basic discovery tools, including the opportunity to depose experts or potential witnesses, compel production of documents, or receive timely disclosures. And the compressed time frame gave President Trump only 10 days to identify and disclose his rebuttal witnesses and 18 days to identify and disclose his rebuttal experts. The district court held a five-day hearing that ran from October 30, 2023 through November 3, 2023 but the district court did not issue findings of fact and conclusions of law within 48 hours of that hearing, as required by Section 1-4-12044. Instead, the district court held closing argument on November 15, 2023, 12 days after the conclusion of the hearing, and issued findings of fact and conclusions of law on November 17, 2023. The District Court's findings of fact rely heavily on the final report of the Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol, H.R. 117-663, which the Court admitted into evidence over President Trump's hearsay objections. The District Court also relied on testimony from Peter Simme, a professor of sociology at Chapman University, whom the district court qualified as an expert on political extremism and the communication styles of far-right political extremists. The district court based its finding that President Trump intended to incite violence on January 6, 2021, on Simi's analysis of Trump's history with political extremists as well as Simi's opinion that Trump developed and employed a coded language based on doublespeak that was understood between himself 
and far-right extremists, while maintaining a claim to ambiguity among a wider audience. The district court also relied on Simi's testimony in finding that President Trump's speech at the Ellipse on January 6, 2021, was specifically intended to provoke a violent response from his audience. Simi, conceding that he relied exclusively on public speeches and the January 6th report to opine on reactions to President Trump's words, he conducted no research, interviews, or fieldwork of his own. Simi also disclaimed any opinion on President Trump's intent or state of mind. According to the district court, as Professor Simi testified, Trump's speech took place in the context of a pattern of Trump's knowing, encouragement, and promotion of violence to develop and deploy a shared coded language with his violent supporters. An understanding had developed between Trump and some of his most extreme supporters that his encouragement, for example, to fight was not metaphorical referring to a political fight, but rather as a literal call to violence against those working to ensure the transfer of presidential power. Trump understood the power that he had over his supporters. Yet the district court used Simi's testimony to support its factual finding that President Trump intended to incite violence. For its conclusions of law, the district court held that the Colorado Election Code does not allow the Secretary of State to assess a presidential candidate's eligibility under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But it nonetheless held that Section 1-4-12044 gives courts that authority because it requires district courts to hear the challenge and assess the validity of all alleged improprieties and issue findings of fact and conclusions of law. But Section 1-4-12044 also says that any challenge to the listing of any candidate on the presidential primary election ballot must be made in accordance with Section 1-1-1131 and Section 1-1-1131 allows relief only when a person charged with a duty under this code has committed or is about to commit a breach or neglect of duty or other wrongful act, and it allows only the issuance of orders requiring substantial compliance with the provisions of this election code. The district court did not explain how the Anderson litigants could proceed under Section 1-1-113 when its opinion admits that Secretary Griswold had done nothing wrong, and when it further acknowledges that the Colorado Election Code forbids Secretary Griswold investigating and adjudicating Trump's eligibility under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The district court went on to hold that President Trump had engaged in insurrection within the meaning of Section 3. 
but the district court ultimately concluded that Section 3 was inapplicable to President Trump because he never took an oath as an officer of the United States. It also held that the presidency is not an office under the United States for purposes of Section 3. 2. The State Supreme Court Proceedings Both the Anderson litigants and President Trump sought review in the Colorado Supreme Court, which accepted jurisdiction and reversed the district court. The Colorado Supreme Court first addressed whether the Anderson litigants could pursue their claims under Section 1-1-113, which requires an allegation that Secretary Griswold would commit a breach or neglect of duty or other wrongful act by allowing President Trump on the ballot. The court acknowledged that the Colorado Election Code imposes no duty on Secretary Griswold to determine whether presidential primary candidates satisfy the qualifications for office. Quote, If the contents of a signed and notarized statement of intent appear facially complete, the Secretary has no duty to further investigate the accuracy or validity of the information the prospective candidate has supplied. To that extent, we agree with President Trump that the Secretary has no duty to determine, beyond what is apparent on the face of the required documents, whether a presidential candidate is qualified. Yet the court still held that Secretary Griswold would commit a wrongful act within the meaning of Section 1-1-113 by allowing a disqualified candidate to appear on a presidential primary ballot. The court reached this conclusion by claiming that Section 1-4-12032A allows only qualified candidates to participate in Colorado's presidential primary. But Section 1-4-12032A says nothing of the sort. It says, in relevant part, quote, each political party that has a qualified candidate entitled to participate in the presidential primary election pursuant to this section is entitled to participate in the Colorado presidential primary election, unquote. This is a restriction only on the political parties that may participate in Colorado's presidential primary, and it requires only that a participating political party have at least one qualified candidate entitled to participate in the presidential primary election pursuant to this section. Section 1-4-12032A does not say that all of a party's presidential candidates must be qualified, and it does not require, or even allow, Secretary Griswold or the courts to purge individual candidates from a qualifying party's primary ballot based on their own assessments of a candidate's qualifications. No one contests that the Colorado Republican Party has at least one qualified presidential candidate who is indisputably entitled to participate in the presidential primary election. That is all that is needed to show that the Colorado Republican Party is entitled to participate 
in the presidential primary election under Section 1-4-12032A and Section 1-4-12032A has no further role to play. The Colorado Supreme Court also held that a presidential candidate is not qualified within the meaning of Section 1-4-12032A unless he is qualified to hold office under the provisions of the U.S. Constitution, and that he must be qualified to hold office before his name is added to the primary ballot. The court did not consider the possibility that a presidential candidate who is currently disqualified might become qualified before the inauguration, such as a candidate who has not yet turned 35 or reached the 14-year residency mark, but will do so before Inauguration Day, or a candidate currently disqualified under Section 3 who can seek congressional removal of the disability. The court also dismissed out of hand President Trump's argument that Section 3 bars individuals only from holding office and not from running for or being elected to office. Having concluded that the Anderson litigants could proceed under Section 1-1-113, the state Supreme Court went on to consider the merits. It rejected President Trump's due process challenge to the district court's expedited consideration of the Section 1-1-113 claims. It also held that the disqualification imposed by Section 3 is self-executing and attaches automatically without any need for congressional enforcement legislation. And it rejected President Trump's argument that Section 3 presents a non-justiciable political question. Finally, the Colorado Supreme Court reversed the district court's conclusions that Section 3 is inapplicable to President Trump, holding that the President is an officer of the United States and that the Presidency is an office under the United States. It also affirmed the district court's findings that President Trump engaged in insurrection and rejected President Trump's First Amendment arguments. The court concluded by holding that it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the secretary to list President Trump as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot, and it forbade the secretary to list President Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot or count any write-in votes cast for him. But the court stayed its ruling until January 4, 2024, and announced that the stay would automatically continue if President Trump sought review in this court before that date. Three justices dissented in separate opinions. Chief Justice Boatwright argued that Section 1-1-113's expedited procedures and strict statutory deadlines make it impossible for Section 1-1-113 proceedings to accommodate the uniquely complex questions that arise from Section 3 and its application to President Trump. Justice Birkenkotter dissented on similar grounds, 
and she also attacked the majority's false and atextual claim that section 1-4-12032A allows only qualified candidates to appear on a party's presidential primary ballot. Finally, Justice Samor would have followed the reasoning of Griffin's case and declared Section 3 non-self-executing. Justice Samor also argued that the proceedings violated due process as the district court denied discovery, rushed the proceedings, and based its factual findings on a hearsay congressional report and experts of dubious reliability. We've come to the end of part one of this petition, but don't worry, next episode we will pick up exactly where this episode left off. Until then, thanks for listening to What SCOTUS Wrote Us.